Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Booth. We're back in person, Hughie. It's been a while. It has been a while, just schedules and... Uh, you know, you've been training hard. Obviously. Um, as everyone can see, Luke's newest member of the Fiji Endura, so... Newest bandwagon supporter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, after the win against the Crusaders, something came over me and I decided, you know what? I am part Fijian. I actually uh, reckon I'm going to take one of those... Those 23 and me? Yeah, yeah and, and, me. and I, I wouldn't surprise me if it says Luke Rokodoko Bowden <laughs> and I'm um, actually part Fijian. Mm-hmm. Um, have you missed me? I guess that's I, the big question. I, I have missed you, my friend. It's it's you know, it is nice these little periods here in the the recording studio. Um, so it's good to get back in person, you know. Yeah. And I feel like the the shit talk flows better in person. It does. You know? It's easier. Yeah. It is definitely. You know, when I can see the the hit that you've taken after I say my hurricanes are second on the table, whereas your waratahs are second, second from the bottom. bottom. Yeah. So you know, I can see the the. The spear in your eyes. Well, I considering I predicted the Hurricanes to come top of the table. I know actually, you're not. You're not wrong. I mean, they haven't. They haven't beat anyone of of value yet. You can only play who's in front of you. You can. You that's, can only play who's in front of you. Um, and they beat the Waratahs. That's someone of. That's someone well, because you're kind of sick in the bottom. So oh, it's just a tough run, mate. Just a tough run. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, it's a hard year being me being. A Waratahs and a St George fan, so yeah. you know, both teams second bottom. But at least, at least you've got Eddie at the helm for the exactly, Wallabies. Exactly, you know? and I, and that obviously, I think the big news of this last week, and obviously probably the main talking point of this podcast, Joseph Suali'i, the newest signing from Rugby Australia, signed from 2025. So not coming to play the World Cup this year, folks. Everyone, keep it in your pants, and not even coming over next year. Coming over in 2025 in time for the British and Irish Lions Tour uh, and then integrating in for the World Cup in 2027. And you have to remember, this young man is only 19 years old. So when he is joining, he'll be prime specimen at 21 years of age. Obviously, obviously this is very big news. And I think this is probably one of the most predictable cross-code signings we've ever seen. You know, uh, he he was from a rugby background, playing rugby at the King's School. Um, ever since it was announced that the World Cup was going to come to Australia in 2027, the first thing you, you, you posed to me, you know, if you had this new money that Rugby Australia's gotten, what's the first thing you would do with it? And I said, the first thing I'd do is sign Joseph Suali. And look at that, you know. I, I called this months ago. I called I... this months ago. It's, it's that obvious. It's a big name signing and... Look, I want to. I have some opinions on this, and there's some opinions in reaction to some other people's opinions on this. But first, I want to hear your opinion on this as a New Zealander uh, and as a fan of the game of rugby. Yeah, as a fan of the game of rugby, great for the game of rugby. Yeah. Massive win for the game of rugby against league. Um, even if he's only there for the three years, just in, in I guess, talent-wise and ability. He has the potential, and if, he does, if you do a good job Australian rugby, and you can keep him around longer. I can see him enjoying the tours, and I think some—I can't remember who quoted it, but uh, so I think Jed Holloway said it, where he'll enjoy not just travelling up and down the east coast of Australia, Australia exactly, and being able to go overseas. So, um, yeah, look for a rugby fan. This is great news. I—it's a lot of money, one point six yeah. million. I've got zero problem with it, like because, and the way I see it. If I'm Australia rugby boy, if this works out, if this goes as like this can go two ways. Obviously, it can go bad. He doesn't play well. Rah, 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 rah. I don't think that will happen. I still think he'll play well. Can he lift the Wallabies to another level? We'll wait and see. But I think if it goes well, and let's say 2025, you beat the British and Irish Lions, and he's playing well. 2026, you have another good year. You maybe win a Bledisloe. Let's chuck a Bledisloe in there. 2027 Home World Cup. Let's just say you make the final because I can't go that far and say you win the final. But let's say you make the final. I guarantee that the hype has brought in that grassroot level of rugby again, which everyone says this money should be going to. Yeah. So that as a New Zealander, I'm more nervous with this signing than the Israel Folau signing. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I think he has the potential to be better than Israel Folau. As as Israel Folau we knew was like naturally talented. Yeah. What I've seen from Suali so far, or Suali is a great work ethic to be better as well because he's had his moments, but I just think there's something about him that goes, I think, you know, yeah. this could be 
if say he was to stay in rugby long term, I don't know if he will. He could be one of the best ever. Like he will be yes. one of the best ever athletes. And I think, I actually think he's going. I think he's going to be the best cross code rugby player ever. And that's maybe not ever. Brad Form was pretty good. Brad yeah. Form was probably the height. I think he'll be better than Sonny, Sonny Bill. Bill. I think he'll be better than Sonny Bill. I think the way, he, like thinking he's only nineteen now. By the time that World Cup comes around in four years, when he's 23, 24, just I just it, it does chuck some fear into me. Yeah, well, that's that's good to hear from an Australian. Look, I I think this a lot of this has been. It's quite funny. I've seen a lot of reactions to this, and the most negative reaction to this have come from non-Roosters NRL fans. Mm-hmm. All of the Roosters fans seem to be perfectly okay with this. Because, I mean, and think about it. It's, it's, he's done a, it's been pretty nice. Like, he's given them two years' notice, essentially, right, that he's not going to be sticking around. So they're not going to have to worry about his huge salary cap hit on the books either. They're not going to have to worry, like, oh, are we going to have to move Joey Martin once so we can yep. afford Joseph later? Is Teddy coming to the end of his lifespan? Are we going to need to move... Uh, Joseph back to fullback, things like that. So they've given, he's given them two years. Roosters fans I've seen you know, on various social media platforms, absolutely cool with it. Like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, that's great. We've got him for another two years, right? Uh, but non-Roosters NRL fans seem to be blowing up about this. But even then, not a huge majority of them. It's really from the media. And it's from the predictable corner of the media, which is Fox League. Because Fox, of course, doesn't own the media rights to rugby anymore. They own the media rights to rugby league. So, of course, anything that takes away from big broadcasting on their channels is going to be met with negatively because they sucked the life out of rugby when they had it. They took the money <laughs> They took the money from getting the faces and the eyes that rugby had before it went to Fox, drained those viewers away and chucked it back to Channel 9. So, you know, fuck you, Fox League, is basically what I'm saying. Uh, so they're the harshest critics of it. And, and and Gus Gould, for whatever reason, who's an executive at the Bulldogs, a rival club of the Roosters. So it's like, it's not like he's walked out during the middle of uh, a contract. You know, he's playing... <coughs> Sonny Bill Williams. Exactly. That's the big comparison that keeps coming up, who was a Bulldogs player, and Gus Gould at the Bulldogs, you know, seems to be a thief here, Gus. And it's like, I, and they said, I, I don't understand why they're so angry about it. And I think this is actually a really good thing for Rugby League as well and for Rugby Union. It's a good thing for both, right? Oh, 100%. Because for the next two years, Rugby League, you're going to benefit by having the player in your game uh, who's a really good player. And you're going to benefit by having the eyes of Rugby Union fans watching the game more because they want to see what they're getting, right? For any Rugby Union fans that don't watch League, which... Can't imagine that there's that many. I think it's a pretty shared viewer base. But you get extra eyes on. You definitely yeah. will get more people watching to see how good this kid actually is, right? Then after that, for Rugby Union, obviously you get the benefit of having the great player. But then you get the Rugby League viewers watching as well. Much like when we had that uh, big exodus of league players coming into you, you know, your Matty Rogers, Wendell Saylor and things like that. Uh, even more recently, Israel Folau. When you have those cross-code sw- uh, swappers, you get the... You get a little bit of the fan bases coming back and forth. And it's not as if League will be losing those viewers either. League will still be retaining those viewers, but they'll just be watching some uh, rugby then as well. So yeah. I think it's a, it's a great thing for, for both sports. And, I you know, there really should be more cooperation between the NRL and Rugby Union because, uh, because like it or not, it, the, it, Rugby Union and Rugby League, especially in Australia, is such a unique situation that it's not really comparable to anything anywhere else in the world, right? Even English Super League and the French Rugby League don't really compare. They're not even close to the level. I think here because NRL is more popular on a local level and Union is ascendant internationally is is the difference. So it's such a unique situation we have here. And and no other sport in the world has this, right? Where you have two codes, two top-level codes, right? So like it or not, Rugby Union and Rugby League are inextricably linked. Yeah in the eyes of people here in Australia and overseas, right? When you say rugby here, people think of either one or the other. They, but they, they, they always ask, union or league? Yeah, they, they're close together, right? So you need to support each other because the worse one does, the worse the other does. Correct. Well. We, and really, they need to be uniting in the face of common enemies like AFL and soccer. And even then, enemies is in quotation marks. It's competition, right? Yeah. So the, the, I, I really feel like they should be working... Uh, closer together and promoting the sport of rugby. Union League working together, 
as they are with as they should be with this Joseph Sawley situation, yeah. is is a step forward. And so I don't understand why people are so angry or seemingly so angry about this move. Right? It's it's a, it's a fantastic move for both codes. 100%. It's generating headlines, which is beneficial. That's for both what I codes. just want to touch on, just quickly, because yeah. I think you've you've talked about it really well. Like the the, the rugby code wars back on. Like there yeah. wasn't a lot of like to and froing, yeah. you know, it was like, ah, oh. you know, you always, when the kangaroos were as dominant as the All Blacks, you always had those times where you did, like, what would happen if the kangaroos played the All Blacks? And that was kind of the height of the the wars for the past, yeah. like, eight or so years. And now it's like, wait, the superstars decided union over league, you know, but he's giving league his time. I love what Brandon Smith said, you know, like, that's, that's what it should be. Like, you yeah. want those characters and you want it across the board where – a league is going, oh, I don't really care about your unionship, but I also back the All Blacks or I don't care. You know, if I am if I was, let's say, a rooster, Jimmy Tedesco, I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm glad for him he's going. I hope the Wallabies get one up over the All Blacks and take over Bledisloe. You know, yeah. like, it, like you said, I think they work so interchangeably well that they and, – and and you said another good point with, with the marketing. I mean, two years, like you said, Suwali plays for – the, the NRL, then he goes over to Union, and it's like there's still going to be all these headlines coming from the NRL about Suwali. Like when it, 2027 comes around, when his contract up, like it's going to be a you know just a news story for the next six or seven years. Yeah. Like it's just going to create headlines, and like you said, against those enemies, those competitive sports. Where I think, yeah, like you said, instead of butting heads, if we could work parallel, yeah. if we get on some train tracks and we just start heading. Well, we saw, also, we saw also, since some positive signs already this year, like the Waratahs and the Dragons doing some training together, right? Uh, and Manly as well, I believe, had some had some training. The Waratahs, yeah. Yeah, so some more stuff like that. I mean, some of the best uh, social media posts or funniest ones, like I saw last year, uh, Big Nelson uh, showed up to a, a Super Rugby game that Suli Asi Vudavala was playing in. And held up a sign that said, uh, Suli, remember me, we won a uh, premiership together. <laughs> and, like, and like little supportive things like that, you know. So And just recently had Geordie Barrett at the Melbourne Storm. Yep, like yep. like just work together. Work together the yeah, exactly. marketing that's it's golden. And just yeah, it just that starts the rumor mill. Both teams are like both sports are getting able to drop some content on is Geordie Barrett signing for league? Is he what, yeah. what's happening, you know? And just yes, yeah, stuff like that where you you're supporting both you know, it's seen as a, a partner game instead of a, a, comp- a competitive sport because, yeah. um, the, the, you know, the different codes are not enemies, right? Yeah. In rugby, rugby code, the rugby codes are not enemies, right? They're they're brothers, they're cousins, right? Where they've yeah, they've diverged the at one point, like but they're, they're yeah. bro- but it's brothers, you know. Rugby union, the older brother, rugby league, the younger brother, right? Rugby rugby league's always trying to get one up over rugby union uh, got a bit more of that fire in them rugby union well i mean i'm the older brother so i know that's obviously <laughs> better so you're obviously yeah. a bit more classy exactly, you, you more leave class. from the front yeah you do things the right way yeah it's a bit not... more wise you let the younger <laughs> sibling have one win now and again because you know, they have to you know you you, you feel responsible for them yeah. and so uh, so big question is yeah. i guess to you as an aussie fan what does suali bring you so oh. How do I pronounce his name properly? Suali. Suali. I believe. Yeah, so. I think because I pronounced it in a YouTube video and someone called me out for it. So Suali. Suali. Uh, what does he bring the Wallabies? A fullback. A fullback they've been searching for. Uh, 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 yes, yes, he does bring you that. I mean, as in British and Irish Lions series, Bledisloe's. Like, what do you expect the trophy cabinet to look like? After Suali runs his look, I, I, hands through your sport for three years. Uh, I I don't like putting putting that weight on people. You know, I it's like for me, yeah. I I don't I don't know. I ju- I don't even know what to expect. I'm just Here's happy. a Wallabies loser mentality. Come on, give us what you really expect. This is a generational talent. This is Izzy yeah. Falau coming back. You saw you got to a grand final. You won a yeah. Super Rugby title with Izzy yeah. Falau. You saw you made a World Cup final. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's You've got the, the combination of Eddie Jones, Suwali. Yeah, I think I think a World Cup is not out of reach. You know, the yep. home World Cup, I think that's achievable, right? Home soil, it's a big time for, for rugby. As well as Suwali coming through, you've got Max Jorgensen coming through, another sensational take. You've got some really good young players coming through, setting you up for that 2027 World Cup. 
So I'd say that's probably what I'm think what I'm thinking is that this is for this is de- obviously because it's not signed until 2025. This is the, the 2027 World Cup. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, at the moment you're looking around, right? Yep. All Blacks are losing. Uh, their star generation is getting older, and a lot of them are going overseas. Right. Uh, 2015 was our star generation, but, but you know, but either, this is the, a second the, coming the, of it. This yeah. is a big loss. So we have even yes. a big group. Continue. Yeah. Uh, England's fallen apart at the seams. Right yep. at the moment, uh, France looked pretty good. Ireland looked pretty good, right? But you got to think. France don't look good. Continue. <laughs> France look like a top fourteen, right? I think you can give them that. No, I disagree. You don't think they're top four? No. Who are your top four? Then? Uh, Ireland, New Zealand, New Zealand, South Africa, and anyone bar France. Anyone bar France? Anyone really? bar France? You won't even say that they're top four. No, I think. And this World Cup. In this World Cup, we'll get to our World Cup predictions yeah. eventually down the line. I don't think they make it past the quarterfinals. Okay, fair enough. So they're not like in the four in the when I see the semifinals, the way I that see that has a it, lot to do with the bracketing. Though. The bracket I understand, but I see Ireland and South Africa, and one of the, and or New Zealand, one of those those three are going to be in one semifinal spot. I don't give a damn. Okay. Anyway, well, I still think France France are a good team. France suck. I honestly think you could put the Dura up against the French, wow. and the Dura would uh, on on their day. The Dura can beat anyone. Put them as long as it's not played in France. In, in, in Suva, in, in a, Su- a packed Suva stadium, yeah. the Dura can beat anybody. So I, I think you, you've said continually though that France have only beaten people when they played at home. This latest World Cup is being played in France. Yeah, I'm not bothered. Not bothered. okay. Nah. I, I lose in the quarterfinal. I hope they play New Zealand in the quarterfinal, and I hope we knock them out. Yeah, I don't hope. I know we will not come out. So. I just look, I don't. I'm not. I don't say I disagree. I'm not a big French supporter by any means, right? I'm not. I'm not out here waving the tricolour, singing this La Marseille. Is, <laughs> this is one of the hills I'm willing to die on. Yeah, is my anti-French dance now. I've decided. La Marseille thing, actually. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> Lacey. But yeah, I, I, I think that they are a top four team currently because maybe not necessarily because they're that good, but just because. Everyone else is not that good either. Not that good. I yeah. don't know what topic we were on before this. That's how much the French have flared me up. Yeah. What were we discussing uh, before this? Uh, the, I, I was talking about the the downfall of other teams and the rise of Australia. Australia, the there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so France is still pretty good. Ireland's pretty good, right? But again, they'll age before the next World Cup. So I think it's a prime time for Australia to strike in 2027. However, the Irish under-20s just won yeah, their Six very, Nations as well at yes, the same so time. So yeah. it's, um, it could, could be, be, could could be, be the generation of Irish. Yeah, it's a, it's a Which I would generation. not be opposed to. You know? I would. Like, I'm, I, like, like I said, when teams get too good, it annoys me. That's like why I don't French mind. annoy you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, they're not good, so they don't annoy me because they're just not good. Um, yeah. I don't mind the Aussies being good. Like, yeah. good enough to beat everyone else, but then lose to us in Bledisloe's and World Cups. Like, that's fine by me. You could even chuck a couple of rugby championships in there. I'm not bothered about that. As long as we don't lose the Bledisloe here. Okay. The day that happens... Because we, 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 yeah, we, did, we did discuss this. You said you would rather Australia wins a World Cup than... I would... Win some- I would I'd, at the moment, I think with the history of the Bledisloe, because yeah. it happens every year... Yeah, just the streak of it. I think an Australian World Cup win over New Zealand... Yeah. I'd... Be less sad than when we lose the Bledisloe. Yeah. Like it's just a weird feeling. Like to f- even think I, about. Losing I would. I would. Ag- I would agree in the reverse. I would. Think, I would take a Bledisloe Cup win over a World, World Cup, Cup win. I think. Because like, look, you look back at the 2015 final, and it obviously means a lot for us. But like, say you'd like say we had lost the Bledisloe Cup that year. Yeah. I would have traded that in an instance. Yeah. And, gone, you know, and what that you would have been the whole, that would have been all, the whole Australian line was like, okay, whatever we want. The and that's going to happen when it does, because it's eventually going to happen. Like yeah. there's no way in the hit future of, of all Bledisloe Cups that we keep winning. Yeah. There's going to be a point where we lose. I just hope it's sometime when I'm 60 and crippled and old and I can be really, really grumpy about yeah. it. Yeah. You'll be really grumpy about it anyway, mate. I will be. I'll Honestly, you should have seen me and, and, and my partner, Demo, can attest to this. 2019 World Cup semi-final, I watched it. I didn't go out because I don't like going out when when World Cup semi-finals and stuff no, are on. of course not. At home, and I couldn't talk for like four hours afterwards. Yeah. And I just sat there, and it was quite late, and it was like I was up until like 3am, and I just – I I. Yeah, I was I was a shell of a man. Mm-hmm. I was a shell of a man, and these things happen when the All Blacks lose World Cups. But the Bledisloe, when that Bledisloe Cup time come, Cup time comes, uh, I'll be in a dark place. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Sorry, so I, I, think, yeah, I, think, I think I like how we took a conversation about the Wallabies and turned it into a conversation about the All Blacks. <laughs> no, well, uh, we also stopped talking about how shit the French are. Yeah, well, you did. Uh, <laughs> but I think I, I think there's some good young pieces coming through for for the Wallabies. I mean, Angus Bell is still young, right? He's still going to be. Tenny Alatupo is still going to be like, yeah. you know, like I just because as great as Suali is, how good that. Wallaby's team will be will be dependent on that full pack yep. as every team is. So it's like, you know, that that's what I'm I'm kind of most feared when I looked at um and one of our recent YouTube videos was me predicting the All Blacks twenty twenty seven Rugby World Cup squad. And there's not not a depth of locks. Um and so yeah, I guess there's a couple of positions I'm really interested in with you guys with how full pack will go. But yeah, I think your backline it's getting getting sorted now for that yeah. twenty twenty seven. Like if you think about it, Marky Mark's young. Max, yeah. like think about that back three you've got at the Waratahs for the next. Because Marky Mark just resigned to like twenty twenty six. Yeah. Max Jorgensen will be around for. And you assume surely he's going to the Waratahs if he's going anywhere. He is. He's yeah. going to the Waratahs. Oh, he is. So yeah, it's, that's already been confirmed. So that so early, they're going to be there. Playing every week, and they're, they're working on a five year extension for Max Jorgensen right now. They'll they'll get it done. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I have no doubt. You get that. It's like you've got Parisi in and about, who's not old. Um, it's the number ten position is the big question. Mark. Exactly. However, a player by the name of Carter Gordon, yeah, is putting his hand up pretty well in, in a Rebels team. But yes, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I've seen a few uh, clips of him playing, and it's good. We need something like that to to push the. Um, uh, push the existing. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the order. incumbent. Yeah, the incumbents and the um, the current uh, order of of things, the current um, state of being, current the current state of things for the number ten jersey, where it's our best two options are seemingly overseas players in Quade Cooper and Bernard Foley. What I like with Carter Gordon as well is he's a different mold of ten, like. He's just about twice the size of Noel Olsio, Tainian Med, Ben Donaldson. So you've got your smaller one, your Bernard Foley type here, and then you've got your Quade Cooper type. Because Quade Cooper's a big lad, like he's not small. I think Carter Gordon starts to fill out that frame a bit more. He's already, like, I I was reading his defensive stats are pretty decent. Like, I think he was just outside the top ten in defensive tackling after round four, so probably not anymore. But, yeah, I was just, I've just been highly impressed. And like I said, I predicted the Rebels to go well, but... If he can get an opportunity, and I'd love to see what he can do with Eddie at the helm. Yeah, and uh, just looking here, because uh, we talked about this player last year. How how tall is Dan Carter? He's pretty. He's pretty big as well. No, nah, he'd be about five ten. Oh, he'd be bigger sure. than Noah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like yeah. he's not a small small guy as well. So yeah, he would, yeah. he had a bigger frame than Noah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that because I think sometimes that gets picked on a little bit. Oh, 100%. Like, like it's work, that sort of framework at the Super Rugby level. Noah, Ben Donaldson, Altain Inman, all of them, as as great as I think they can be footy players, you target them in defence, and that takes yeah. a lot out of the, Like, you've got to think, it's not just so much they're, that they're bad at defence. Like, I, Noah and, and all of those three, I don't think, are bad at defence. But imagine an 85kg guy making a tackle versus a 95kg tackle. The effort he has to put in is probably a little bit less... And the force he has to generate from his body is less. Yeah. Get into my sports science degree. And so, therefore, there's less effort exerted by Card Gordon making a tackle. I'm just looking at a couple of other uh, players. Johnny Sexton. Is it would be a tall lad. Yeah, 1.88 one, 1. metres. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is in feet. I think that's 6'2", because I think one point is 1.8 or 1.82, like 6 foot? I think 1.86 uh, foot. Let's have a look here. Feet to... Uh, centimeters to feet, uh, but and also uh, Owen Farrell, same exact same height, actually one point eight eight. So one eighty eight centimeters uh, is six foot one. Six foot one. So yeah, big lads. Yeah, and same then thing da- with Marcus Smith. You look at Marcus Smith again. Like that's, it's not bad to be one of those nippy ones, but at yeah. international level, there's not many who have done it well. Yeah, it's one eighty one eighty three is. How big's Dan Carter? He is. Uh, five foot ten. Yeah, and what would he have weighed? It must have been about ninety three. Let's have seen. a look here. Uh, so he was one seventy eight centimeters tall, so five foot ten. Yep. Uh, let's have a look. see. They, see if Google comes up with his weight here. Ninety four kg. Yeah. 
So solid because I'd imagine I was if I'm predicting about 88 at a five foot eight, it'd be about my height. D Mac like a Damien McKenzie. Yeah. See, like with with a player that small, you've got to be agile and you've got to you've got to have like that Marcus Smith. And oh, I'm okay. Noel Alessio is 1.8 meters tall. That's a fucking yarn. Yeah. Who has measured and that one? 89 kilos. That is a yarn. He's not 1.8. They're saying he's the same height as Dan Carter. Yeah. Fuck, I want to go up. And and about five kilos lighter. Right, so the next time, the Brumbies play the Waratahs this weekend. Yep. I'll, go, I'll drive down to, after my game, drive yep. down to Canberra. Yep. I'll jump on the field. Stand. All I'm going to do is stand right next to Noah. And if I'm the same height as him, yeah. Google's lied to us. Yeah. But, he say, but this still, even in comparison to Johnny Sexton, Owen Farrell, eight centimetres shorter. Yeah. Good amount. And, yeah. and size-wise, it adds yeah. weight to it as well. Yeah. Right. yeah. Look, if you come up eight centimetres short in a certain department, you hear about it your whole life. So it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. You're so not wrong. Eight centimetres is a lot. He'd have to be putting that in his hinge right, profile. Ladies. Yeah. He'd have to be putting that in his hinge profile that he's not over six foot. Yeah. You know? Because there's those girls that want to go through and they want to swipe and they, yeah. they just want to know, are you six foot? You say, It's more embarrassing to say that you're five foot 11 than it is to say you're five foot eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because five foot 11 is just like, okay, you're trying... Yeah, I, I, if I'm five eleven, I'm probably putting six foot. Yeah, you just you just you just go it. six foot and you go a couple of centimeters, but because yeah. I'm five ten on a good day, yeah, on a really good day, I'm five ten. On my height, I'm five nine. Yeah, and that's, I don't think Noah's taller than me. No. I do not think Noah's taller than me. I'm gonna Noah. If you want a height battle, message me. Yeah. Um, shall we move I on? I believe that's just called measuring <laughs> height battle. It's a height battle. It's like a rap <laughs> battle, but. Next time you know, I go to the oh well, we could just call it a rhyme off. Yeah, but next, no, we next call time it a I go to the doctors, we're going to say, "Yeah, let's let's have a height battle." <laughs> they, they measure me. No, because you're not you're not measuring against the doctor. A height battle, your one on one challenge. My doctor always measures against me. What oh, does he? She, what size? Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> that was all good until you said she, and yeah. then I was like, oh, "Okay, alrighty." Uh, what was next? Oh, Brandon Smith. She says she's a doctor anyway. Yeah, <laughs> check the prostate. Um, Brandon Smith, did you want to have a yarn about this? I mentioned oh, it earlier. Look, I think we said a bit about it, but I mean, it's, it's it's just a bit of cheeky banter, isn't it? I couldn't believe people were getting so offended about this. Like oh, he had just, to come out on his podcast and explain it, and I was it's just, just like, the, "It's the cheese." I was yeah. like, if you don't know who he is, like it's just a bit. That's what we like. And then Jed Holloway, you know, it's just bounce it, back. You I know, love it's it. not. It's nothing. It's nothing serious. And that's what I think is. A problem is that people take things too seriously. Like I wouldn't so, bring back the um, what was it? The battle of the sports or fight the when they had the fight the charity fights. You might not have yeah. done it over here in New Zealand. They used to have charity fights where it was league against union, and that's it's just like good. it yeah. was just like that's great. Like just who's better, mono or mono? Like yeah, I I just thought it was just a bit of fun, right? Both guys just having a bit of fun. Brandon Smith showing that he's a New Zealander, right? You know, exactly. like he's a Kiwi. Like as much as he plays league, he's still going to be an All Blacks fan. He would have grown up idolizing the All Blacks, um, and probably cried into his cries into his stacks of money that he's not an All Black. You know, like I'm sure he's fine with his contract and everything like that as well. So there's no no issue for him. Uh, and then I think yeah, it's just it's just a bit cheap, but but people online just go a bit too far, right? Social media, it just the sarcasm and taking a joke doesn't exist on there. Um, I had a really good Twitter interaction though with someone. It was just like everyone just needs to chill out. It's good for both codes. I like watching both. So, and even if you don't like watching both, who cares? Like, there's still plenty of players out there, and that, like that's it, man. Like, we just got to take it easy a bit more. You know, like there's enough stresses in life without having to stress out about sport and about a player going to a different code. You know, especially when it's still rugby. 100%. Like, at least he didn't pull like an Israel Falau and go to AFL. AFL yeah. You know? Which he could do. I mean, he's talented enough to do yeah. that. What I did like as well, like you were saying, the Roosters fans would be happy because he hasn't gone to a competitor. Like, yeah. you know, that's your dream scenario. If we haven't got him, at least no one else has got him. And no one else him. has got him, yeah. But, uh, I reckon that's probably why all the other fans are salty. They're just salty that he didn't come to their team. Yeah. To be fair. Um, I get that. Um, what's next on the agenda? Super rugby round number five. Yeah, so... A good round, another another round of Super Rugby. Uh, I posed this question on Instagram today because I feel there's a, there's a clear top five in Super Rugby yep. at the moment. You've got the Chiefs undefeated, Hurricanes yet to beat anyone of substance, but still there. The Brumbies, Blues, Crusaders, yep. and the Brumbies played 
a strong Crusaders side with a weaker team yeah. and put up a moderate fight. Like, I would yeah. love to see an actual Brumbies team. But, hey, I get it. It's a World Cup year. You've got to rest players when you rest yeah. players. You make those decisions. I'm not I'm not judging the Brumbies doing it because the New Zealand teams will probably do the same thing. Yes. Go, we can take a loss to the Brumbies with our B team. It's no worries. Then you've got the bottom seven. The Reds, mm. the Rebels, the Force, Highlanders, Waratahs, Moana Pacifica. And I missed the Jura in there. How did I miss the Jura? Because they should be a top five team. That's why. Up the Jura. Come on. Um, I'm really interested about this bottom seven, about who's going to be the top, the free to make it out. Yeah. I think we can put a line through Moana Pacifica. I yes. still think they'll get some wins along the road, but I don't think they're going to push enough. I haven't seen enough from them defensively yeah. to say that they'll deserve a spot. So it, I'm looking at the bottom seven right now here. The Reds, the Rebels, the Highlanders, the Dura, the Force, the Waratahs, and Moana Pacifica. Interestingly, uh, the Waratahs, even though they're second bottom, have got the second best point differential of yep. all those teams there. The only team... Played the hardest schedule as well. Exactly. The only team that's got a better point differential there is the Reds with eight. And that's after they had the massive blowout against the Force. Force as well. So the Waratahs, I think there's a lot more panic about the Waratahs uh, than there would be, mainly due to the Rebels' loss. And I think that people are still trying to come to terms. But I think that's calmed down after the Reds lost to the Rebels now. Yeah. And it's gone, okay, these Rebels are the real deal. The Rebels should have won in first week against the Force as well. It's not like you look at that and it's, that's what, those bottom seven teams, you honestly on their day could beat any of those other bottom seven teams. And they came close, the Rebels, and they came close against the Hurricanes as well. Exactly. Very close. That's what I'm saying. And only if Artie Savia hadn't, uh, threatened them all with death. They, they might prob- have, they, they might have come they back and won it exactly. Yeah. Like, but, but they were worried for their for their families, yeah. and so they had to throw the game. Obviously, I would I would do the same. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the, you're right. The Waratahs, who have they played? All right, week one they played the Brumbies and lost by six points. Brumbies currently second on the table. Week two, the Waratahs played the Dura and beat them. So another bo- one of those bottom teams that they took care of. Week three they played the Rebels, lost, lost. there by uh, by a try. And again, there's some decisions that game I don't agree with, but the Rebels are also just a good team now. Uh, week four played the Hurricanes, uh, lost by 17 points. Hurricanes were number two on the table. Uh, then they've played this week uh, the Chiefs, obviously lost by 10 points. Chiefs number one on the table, right? So they've they've played the number Doesn't one, two, three, and seventh team on the table. Uh, they've lost to the number one, two, and three team on the table. And you play the free team again. And we play the three team again, so yeah, it is a bit of a bit of it interesting is, but nightmare it is, for them. They, they, you go through these ebbs and flows, like I've seen it. We talked about the Highlanders hadn't won a game own three, yeah. Then went what was it, Force, Druida, and Moana Pacifica. And if yeah. you can get games like that in a row and you tick them off, you can. Like the Druida, I still go, man. The Druida lost such an opportunity when they bet the Crusaders to not follow it up with a win against the Reds. Yeah, I know it was in Queensland, and the Reds are a good team. Like, are they? I'm still unsure so much about the Reds, but they 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 beat the Reds there, and they're sitting pretty, and the Reds are back down where the Jura are. So yeah. you've got to take those opportunities when they come. When those when you're playing those bottom seven teams, it is going to be about who beats who. Now, yes. I would love to know in your thoughts who you think of those bottom three teams are going to make it out. Okay, I think uh, it's probably it's probably not going to be that much of a surprise. It's I'm going to say. Uh, the Rebels. I think the Rebels probably come out at six. Yep. I think they're the top of the remaining teams. Let me just have a look, quick look here at some some scheduling. And the Reds have got a few tough games coming up, and then they got Moana Pacifica. They have a bye. Then they have Force. They should win that one. The Tars. They'll lose that one. Then they have the Chiefs. They'll lose that one. And they have the Blues. And then they have the Highlanders, which they could win. So they don't, and then the Dura. So they've got like sort of a 50-50 remaining schedule of good teams versus bad teams. Uh, I think that could be enough to to get them in. Uh, so I think the Rebels, the Reds, and then the Waratahs are my remaining teams. I think um, the the Highlanders, Dura, Force, and one Pacific can miss out. I... So it's pretty similar. I've gone Rebels. The, the, the Reds are probably my biggest yeah. question mark. And that's actually. Rebels, Tars, uh, I think, too, that will make it. Yeah. Um, then I've got over the Jura or the Highlanders, will, I think, will be the yes. other team to make it. I, I, The Force aren't far off as well. They've yeah. played a lot of close games, so I don't want to count them up, out. But I honestly don't think the Reds 
get close. I think the Reds, like I said in my start of season prediction, I just think it's going to bottom out eventually, um, and they're going to just lose faith and fall and fall and will get fired and they'll move on and start again next year. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it's just not going to be a good year for them. Yep. Excellent. Um, I did want to speak quickly on the new Global League that was announced. I think it was about a week ago. I don't know. I think we talked about it last time. Mm. But they're looking at plans to bring out a new Global League, and it's basically going to be replacing those uh, mid-year tests. And it is the Six Nations sides kind of against uh, the Rugby Championship sides, plus Fiji, plus Japan. And then they'll pl- you'll play like a team each over that period. Mm-hmm. So I think like in the July series, they'll come down here. You'll play three games. So Ireland, as an example, will play the All Blacks, Fiji and Japan. Um, Wales will play Australia, South Africa, Argentina, so on and so forth. You play all those games. Um, and then I believe at the Autumn series, they go back, do the same thing the other way. And then the top two teams of those kind of pools will face off in the North versus South. Sounds, sounds Which I was like, as much as how great these series are, like, they're not. I'd be interested to know how much revenue generating they are yeah. compared to what we get about to what they're about to uh, implement. So it'll be interesting. Interesting to see times ahead. I didn't put it on the run sheet, and just quickly before we get onto your top ten, Razor Robinson in, yes. the, in the hot seat now for the uh, All Blacks World twenty twenty four. Uh, the battle of Razor versus Eddie. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I don't like how it's been done. It's just weird to know you're having another coach after the World Cup. I think it should have taken its flow, but I understand why they had to do it. I, Can you imagine being in a job and, you know, he hadn't resigned yet when they were still talking to people around about him leaving. So then forced, they pretty much forced uh, Foster to say he's not coming back. Yeah. They stuck a hard hand into him and said, you've got into this World Cup, do the World Cup, head out, you know, with your head held high, and then we'll bring in this new young buck. It just, to me, it sits it's, wrong. Yeah, I think, for me, it depends on the whole Foster situation, because I, I don't think, I don't 100% know how that all played out, right? If Foster was the one to come and say, hey, look, I don't know if I want to continue past this World Cup or not, even if, he's, even if he doesn't say, I'm leaving after this World Cup, he just says, I'm not certain I want to stay on. I've got no issue with them with New Zealand rugby going out and saying, hey, look, we're just going to find someone else. But I feel like for Foster, it's probably a bit relieving, like knowing that, okay, I've just the, the, this year is what I'm focusing on. I don't have to worry about if I'm coaching for my job or not. I don't have any of the pressures of, oh, if I do poorly in this World Cup, I'm going to get sacked or whatever. You just he can, he can just sort of coach and not have to worry about it. I just think it's disrespectful. Like we, yeah. we've, it's it's been said multiple times. The All Blacks coaching job is the most important job above the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And what you've done is just gone, "Hey, Prime Minister, guess what? We've got a replacement coming already." And this board's decided that that this is happening. And then he's been asked, you know, this is what was going to happen. So I understand why they had to do it to get Razor, and I'm glad mm-hmm. they got Razor. I just I think the way you went about it sets a bad precedent for. Such an important role in New Zealand rugby. Yeah, definitely. But it's different when we've got we've got we've got our history to what you guys have, and when you had the opportunity to go on Eddie Jones, you had to make that move. Yes, I don't think it's comparable to the Eddie Jones move. Exactly, it's, it's different circumstances. But I think as well, I don't know. Maybe this is harsh. Maybe this is just me not under, understanding fully. But I don't think you see a repeat of this with Razor in in like four years' time, whenever his contract's up, because I think. His personality is such that it just you just wouldn't be able to do that to him, right? I think Foster's sort of personality and approach is sort of it sounds a little bit victim blaming ish, but it's sort of he seems very backseat, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas Robinson, very much in your face all the time, and I think it's a similar thing with uh, Eddie Jones. Like when Eddie Jones got sacked by England. Obviously, huge uproar, and now England rugby is a burning trash can, right? Uh, so I think New Zealand rugby. I don't think I don't think this is a stunt you can pull again. Yeah, right? I don't think you can do this again. I don't think the circumstances will repeat themselves again. So I'm I wouldn't be that worried about it. But then I'm also like, well, they got themselves into a situation to start with. Yeah, when they hired Ian Foster and did what they've done, like 
And this is the issue. I just, yeah, there's just a lot. I think they've done a lot more wrong than right with Ian Foster hiring, with this whole new hiring. That's left me disappointed with New Zealand rugby. Yes. All right, Husey. My friend. Yes. Buddy old pal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last week on the podcast, I gave you our top 10. Yeah. My top 10. Not Al. My top 10 rugby plays ever. Husey this week. It's his time to give his top 10. Yeah. I have yet to see this. Oh, really? Okay. I haven't read. Well, I, we had some post. We had some. We had our post podcast chat last week, and then we actually had a post post podcast chat, just me and you. And I said that I was going to put Israel Folau at ten. Now, in doing my research, I've had to go back on that. He exists in my honorable mentions because, obviously, he didn't have the longest career, but I think the period that he was playing, you could argue that he was the best player in the world. That he transformed that Wallabies team. Obviously, you mentioned you mentioned his credentials before before, before me. Took the Waratahs to a title which they never won before. Took the Wallabies. In the midst of Rugby Australia having some of the worst administration it's ever had to a Rugby World Cup final, right? Uh, and was, you know, changed the game every time he was on the field. Yeah. Right? So I think you've got to recognize that. And I think it's almost like an Antonio Brown in the NFL situation where he could have been so good. And just doing some research on some other players, I'm just like, no, I can't, I can't put him in that top 10 because their career wasn't that long. But he does exist in my honorable mentions, uh, along with. Brian Habana. Oh. Brian is not in my top 10. Interesting. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, not in your top 10. Not in the top 10. Oh, gonna... And Tim Horan is another one of my honorable mentions because oh, he was fantastic. Yeah, good, good to you. But <laughs> my number 10 is <laughs> a player that I did not think I would put in my top 10, right? but existed in your top 10. But the more I read about this guy and the impact he had on rugby, I knew I had to put him in there. And that's Sergio Parise, <laughs> right? Just what he did for, for rugby and Italian rugby, I just I couldn't get past it, right? Um, I looked at uh, some other folks' top 10 uh, rugby players, top rug- 15, top whatever, rankings of rugby players, yep. and just little blurbs from them. And what Parise did, and um, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, but I just looked at his achievements and I thought, you know what, he, he, he exists, he exists. He, he, he deserves to be in the list. Uh, May not be higher rated than Habana at Rugby 08, but he deserves to be on the yes. list. Uh, I, I will say I did see that one list had uh, Antoine Dupont already in their top 10 rugby players of all time. That's just fucking ridiculous. I, so I, wanted, I just wanted to say, I, I, knew that, I knew that would trigger you, so I needed to bring it up. Because if you're going to do that, Bowden Barrett has to be over Dupont. He wasn't. Which is just whoever did that, you're going to link me that, and I'm going to go on my I'll on the sports booth account. And I'm going to comment that you're a fool. Yeah, right. Uh, my number nine. So you'll enjoy this one, George Gregan. George Gregan. That is ridiculous. Just he's it just. I mean, for me, it's the it's the clip, um, and I mean, there's so much that happens since then. But it's the clip in the World Cup where Australia knocks New Zealand out, and he's just mouthing four more years to the All Blacks players. He was just fantastic for Australian rugby as well. And I truly an icon of the game. An icon of the game. You can't argue that George Gregan is not an icon of the game. Uh, number eight, we've got Martin Johnson, the English skipper that nice took one. it to a, a World Cup. A bit of an underrated player, but uh, he really embodied what I think English rugby uh, tries to be all about. Definitely. I can get, I can get behind that one. Uh, number seven, Victor Matfield. Um, I know you had... Uh, and Matt Rushmore, yeah, yeah, yep. he, he's he's up there as well. Uh, number six, Johnny Wilkinson. Uh, you know, again, another icon of the game. That when you think about rugby, you think about Johnny John Wilkinson. Uh, number five, David Campisi. Um, yep, I mean, yeah, incredible, amazing player. Uh, number four, Jonah Lomu. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yep. and I think I think my top three is the same as yours: same as Brian O'Driscoll, Richie Bacor, Dan Carter. Okay. So run through the list from one to ten. Number one, Dan Carter, right? And and again, I looked at a lot of these lists, right? And a lot of them put Lomu at the top as, and I think that's a bit of a, a bit of a cop. It's a bit of an easy answer yeah. because he's the he's the OG superstar. But I think sometimes, and it's a bit why I took Gareth Edwards off is that uh, off the top ten is that it's it's hard to compare athletes that play in such a different gen- generation, generation. Yep, definitely um, when the game has changed so much. But you can't deny that he does belong up there. I mean, Dan Carter, I think it's, he's always played that second fiddle role to, to Richie McCoy. I think it's unfair, yeah. unfairly so. Uh, Richie McCoy has to be up there. You can't, 
can't, yeah, even as Australian, you have to recognize his achievements. Um, O'Driscoll, I mean, I just love him. Rugby 08 would just, yeah, <laughs> I mean, amazing. Lauren, we're going to get rugby 08. I'm going to get it for us at some point, and yeah. we're going to sit here and jam, and I'm just going to, maybe we'll do a pre Blizzard rugby 08 yeah. series. Uh, 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 David Campisi at five, Wilkinson at six, Matfield seven, Martin Johnson eight, George Gregan nine, Sergio Parise ten. So no John Eels. No, I, I did. John Eels over Gregan, no? I, I did think about that. Uh, I did think about that, but I think. Your camera just did. My camera did just die. Um, it's all right. But I did think Gregan. I think Eels was the better leader. I think Eels was the better Wallaby. But I think if you're looking at it, it's just a player that you could put on a team, I would say Gregan, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying. But I think Gregan had more skill. It's a similar reason why I put Dan Carter over Richie McCaw, right? Is Richie McCaw, I think, was a better all-black in that what he did for the team was bigger. But I think if you just looked at the player in isolation, you would say Dan Carter. And you've got Metfield over Eels. Yeah. You think Metfield's a bit of lock. I do. And no props. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, hard. Props are hard to put hard. in there. It is. It is. Look, other than Gregan... I don't mind the list. Yeah, I knew you'd object to Gregan because I don't think like Haban is better than Gregan. I even think Israel Folau is better than Gregan. Really, as a player, Israel mm-hmm. Folau was a better player than Gregan. I see what you're like impact wise. I see what you mean, and it's the very same as Sergio Paris. Impact wise, I can get what you're saying with Gregan, but I'm coming back to the argument of best player. Is he Folau? Is he Folau is better than Gregan? I think though that at the end of the day, I, I, I did think about it. Like, but you can't just take one year of someone's career. You can't. Right? You You're can't not just wrong. take. You can't even just take four years of the career. You got to take the entire career. All right. And he's playing rugby union at the moment, and he is he's the postscript in a news article. Right. He's he's a headline on he's a headline on the Daily Mail. Right. That's and that's that's about it. Right. That's the only place he's generating headlines anymore. I'm just thinking about worldwide halfbacks ever that have ever been. And if there's any better than Gregan. And I can't... Like, Aaron Smith will be up there once he retires. We tried to make it so it wasn't any current players. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that you can really judge them until their career's finished. Yeah. Um, in case of a future video, someone does something absolutely terrible and we've put them in our top ten exactly. and it doesn't look good. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there is a halfback out there. Like, Aaron Smith there... DuPont can be argued But it's fucking stupid I wouldn't even now Put him above Gregan mm. I'm trying to think Of a halfback Fuck that is Yeah I wouldn't go Justin Marshall Over Gregan Like that's That's the thing That's where I start to The mess on my head Starts to work The calculations is Who was the better player In that position Just all time Like if you put a Team out there Who would you select As your halfback And Gregan's not a bad shout Yeah I think I think I would select Aaron Smith over Gregan but again, I think Aaron Smith's been helped by a different generation as well. Yeah. And not as in different generation like the All Blacks have been great, as in this new age, the speed of the game, everything like that. Um, yeah, okay. I'm coming around to the Gregan. I just think there's mm. other... Pl- I even think Johnny Ells is a better player than Gregan. His kicking yeah. to win the Blue to Slow I know. is uh, something you'll never forget. No. But I get, again, and you'll never see again. You'll never see a lot and, do and that. It, it, might, it, it might just be my, my bias. In that, but when I think of rugby, who did John Eels play some rugby for? Brumbies. Uh, yeah, I believe he wasn't the Tars. I know that because I didn't like. Oh, him. Was he a re- no? He wasn't a Reed, was he? There was no one else. It must have been Brumbies. I believe. I think you're right. Uh, John Eels. No, it was the Reds. Was I was about to Reds. say. I don't think it's the Brumbies. Yeah, the Reds. Oh, I didn't know he was a Queenslander. Mm. Good on him. Yeah, he only played uh, five years of Super Rugby. Yeah, because he retired pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I'm coming around to it. Right. Yeah, I know. It's look. It is. It was a tricky one. Like when I thought who, and it was sort of a tossing up between those those two for that spot. Eels. I like the Martin Johnson call. I, did, I don't even think he came into my equation. Yeah. Um, because he was quite at the pinnacle of that English team. He was, and he did it for a long time as yes, well. So. Exactly. 16 years. Yeah. So I, th- I think that has to be respected Definitely. for the longevity. 16 years. When did he retire? 2007? So this is my rugby knowledge is really coming out here. Yeah, let's have a look. 
Did he play the 2007 World Cup? No, nah, surely he didn't. So maybe it was 2000. Martin Johnson. He played until uh, 2005. Ah, uh, yeah. So, but sure. he, he played. He played. That's what he, That's how long he played his English. No, no, no. Until England, he retired 2003. But so he retired after their World Cup. He played, he played two more years of top level, top level just not national representation. And so he started in like 87. 87 for England. No, 80, well, under 18s, it was yep. 87. 89 was his debut. Was wow, his debut. That, is a, that is a mammoth career. Yeah. So he went to three World Cups. That's, I'm glad he won that World Cup. Mm. <laughs> yeah, six foot seven, two metres tall. 120 kilos. Like. Cauliflower is that you'll never see again. Yeah, fucking Neanderthal brow ridge. Honestly, he looked like... He was your atypical rugby player. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think if you put it like a rugby player picture in the dictionary, I don't think... I think you'd get Martin Johnson. Yeah. Like that's what you'd expect to see. Fuck, he'd be dumb because he's a lock as well. God, he'd be so dumb. Locks are dumb. It's because, you know, your brain needs blood to function. Exactly. And he's just heart so far from his brain. Honestly, I hear... all the oxygen on the way. I love Brody Retallick as a rugby player. He's thinner up there as well. He, 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 just sometimes when I see interviews with him, I'm like, oh, it hurts my soul. All right, mate. Well, that was a good list. That's why our short guys are much smarter. Yeah. Obviously, we've both got partners, but um, on our Hinge profiles, we will not be putting... Yeah. We don't have hinge profiles, yeah. so yeah. you won't see us on hinge. Oh, I, just, I just made a motion to the camera and realised my camera's off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how smart we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, us short guys, we're yeah, on to proud, it. A proud five foot nine on my hinge profile. Yeah. <laughs> I never even got to hinge. Yeah, I never got past. You got snapped Tinder. up. Yeah, yeah. All right, up the Dura. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not, I'm wearing a Dura, uh, a uh, new Dura shirt. So up the Dura. Uh, that is it for us yep. today. Too easy. Alrighty, we'll see you next week. Make sure you join us again. Uh, probably not same time or same place because we'll have to change it back because the schedule's changed again. Yep. But we will see you again. Thank you for joining us on That Rugby Podcast done by the Sports Booth. See ya. Peace.